There are four events recorded in the Torah where a question in Allah presented itself and Moshe Rabbeinu did not know the answer. And he turned to Hashem for guidance. The first is at the end of Parshas Emer, where it was unclear what should be done with the Megadif, the person who pronounced the name of Hashem in blasphemy. The second one we read on Shabbos in Parshas Baaloyzcha regarding Pesach Sheni. The third one is in this week's Parsha, Parsha Shalach, the Mekoshish Eitzim, the one who was Mechal Shabbos. The fourth was the conundrum of the Benoist Salafchat in Parshas Pinchas. What's interesting to note, in the case of Pesach Sheni and the case of Benoist Salafchat, Moshe did not waste any time and turned to Hashem immediately to ask what should be done. However, in the case of the Megadev and the Mekoshish, Moshe did not rush right away to find out what to do. He first had them imprisoned and then took his time before he inquired what the proper halacha is in this situation. With this contrast, Moshe is teaching us a powerful lesson about judging others. By the issue of Pesach Sheni and Benoist Salafchad, the objective of the inquiry was in order to do a mitzvah. When it comes to doing mitzvahs or helping others do mitzvahs, we should act with alacrity. However, by the Megadav and the Mekoshesh, when we are dealing with people who have seemingly transgressed the mitzvah in the Torah, and we need to judge them and possibly implement the punishment, then the judges and the courts should not be quick to bring justice and retribution, but rather, we should be particularly patient and meticulous in judgment. The mission in Ave says, Havu mesunim badin. Be deliberate in judgment. Weigh all the evidence. Don't rush the judgment. Give them the benefit of the doubt. The Pasuk says in Tehillim, V'oid ma'at v'ein rasha, v'oiz benantu al-makoyma v'einenu. I once heard an amazing pshat. V'oid ma'at. If you wait a little bit longer and don't rush the judgment and give them the benefit of the doubt, you will realize v'ein rasha. He's not wicked. V'oiz benantu al-makoyma. If you will look carefully at his place, his place in life, his struggles, his unique challenges, v'einenu you will come to the realization that there's no evil there. Parshas Baloischa concludes with a very disheartening story, one that we are obligated to recount every day of our life. Miriam, the great prophetess, spoke Lashon Hara about her brother Moshe Rabbeinu. She was upset because Moshe separated from his wife. Moshe did so because he felt that he should not be in an intimate matrimonial relationship while communicating with the Shekhinah. And the Pasuk says that Miriam said to Haran, Does Hashem only speak to Moshe? He speaks to us as well. Why does Moshe think that he's greater than us? And Hashem rebuked Miriam for the audacity to speak out against Moshe, the world's greatest prophet ever. And Miriam was punished with leprosy. Hashem said to Moshe, For speaking Lashon Hara, Miriam should be quarantined for seven days. Why seven days? Hashem told Moshe, yarek yarek If Miriam would offend her father and her father would spit in her face, would she not be humiliated for seven days? Therefore, let her be quarantined for seven days. The Gemara Mbavakama says, Really the punishment should be harsher, because Kalvachoymer, if a father's wrath results in a seven-day quarantine, surely inciting Hashem's wrath warrants an even longer punishment. However, since Hashem used a fatherly analogy, va'aviha, the word va'aviha is used as a metaphor to display leniency. That's why Miriam was spared, was only excommunicated for seven days. I once heard an unbelievable interpretation. As the generations evolved, 
how much more sensitive we have to be while speaking to our children. The Torah uses the expression, Yorak, Yorak Befaneha. If one want to incur the wrath of their father, he would spit in their face. 1,200 years later, when Unculus translated the Torah, he softened the tone. He understood the concept of Eridus Adairus. Children are vulnerable, and we need to talk to them with more sensitivity. If our father would strongly chastise her, he lowered the bar. Not spit, but scream. A thousand years later, when Rashi, the greatest biblical commentator, came along, he lived in the 11th century, he took it down another notch. Not spitting, not screaming. If our father would show her an angry face. Now in the 21st century, we don't spit, we don't scream, we don't even display an angry face. We smile, we don't judge, we give encouragement. Was never so crucial than in our generation. People by nature are very quick to pass judgment. We're constantly judging other people. We are judging our friends, our neighbors, our siblings, people in shul, people in bungalow colonies. We're even judging our own children. This child will grow up to be something special. He's so smart and efficient. He will be successful in all of his endeavors. He will marry someone special and give us much nachas and joy. That child will not amount to much. Hopefully, he can survive the yeshiva system so that we can marry him off to someone decent. But oftentimes what happens is that those children that are most challenging and give us much grief when they are young are our biggest source of nachas when they grow up. They marry well, build a beautiful family, and are successful in all areas of life. And the Mitsuyan child is the one struggling. Don't jump to conclusions. Don't count out any of your children. Just motivate and encourage. And keep that smile on your face. And now, we know. Have a wonderful day.